Welcome to This Week in Lotus. The weekly roundtable discussion of all things social, collaboration, technology and community. Here's your host, Stuart McIntyre. This Week in Lotus, episode 86, recorded on Thursday 19th January 2012, live from Lotusphere 2012. Once again, Darren and I recorded a live twirl from the hallowed rooms of the Walt Disney World Dolphin during Lotus Sphere, with a live studio audience and an esteemed panel including Curious Mitch Cohen, Giuseppe Grasso, Femke Goodhart, Colleen Burns and Wes Morgan. We discussed the conference, the highlights, the OGS, the Wi-Fi, the community and even Darren's state of dress. This year we are not lucky enough to be supplied with a room with PA and roving mics, so the audio is by no means perfect, but the conversation makes it very worthwhile. We had fun recording the show. I hope you enjoy listening just as much. This show is a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. You can find this and other tech-related podcasts at techpodcast.com. So here we are at Lotus Fear 2012 and we are live on This Week in Lotus. This is episode 86 of the weekly Lotus podcast that covers all things Lotus. We are here for This Week in Lotus live, not to be confused with This Week in Lotus live or even This Week in Let's IBM Smart Cloud for Social Business. <laughs> I can't see it in one go. I'm joined as ever by Mr. Darren Duke. Hello, Darren. Good morning, Mr. Stewart. How are you? I am good, thank you. Even better for knowing you are not naked on this podcast. I... <laughs> the previous 85, I won. <laughs> <laughs> and we are also joined by Wes Morgan of IBM. Hi there, Wes. Top of the day. Uh, top of the day to you too. And Mr. Mitch Cohen of Colgate. Good morning. Good morning, Mitch. And also Giuseppe Grasso. How are you? Uh, Scare it. <laughs> <laughs> and what company are you from, Giuseppe? Uh, I work for myself. But Excellent. I'm from uh, Domino Point, a Lotus user group from Italy. Excellent. And D-Dive, I do believe, as well. And Domino Point days events before, now D-Dive events. This year, I don't know the name of the event. <laughs> but it will be 21-22 of June in Milan. Excellent. Look forward Ooh. to that. Thank you very much. And also Colleen Burns by IBM. Hi there, Colleen. Good morning. Sounding somewhat less vibrant than some days. <laughs> no, equally vibrant, just this voice behind it. <laughs> <laughs> and also Femke Goodhart. Hi there, Femke. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Great to have you with us. Looking somewhat nervous. It's great to have you here. I am nervous. The fear is palpable on this hand. <laughs> <laughs> So, Mitch always has a quote for us. Let's start with Mitch. So here we are at Lesbian 2012. How would you sum up the conference as a whole? What's the vibe been like? Exhausting. I've been out every night until I don't know what time. It's been a lot of fun. Um, I think it's been great this week. I think there's been a lot of energy here. I've had a really great time. Okay, excellent. And Darren? Redacted. (laughs) (laughs) We'll come back to that a little bit later. How about you, Gazette? How have you found it? Uh... Very nice, very good. <clears throat> I, I think they, they should do something like 
uh, a lotus here and a, a sleeping lotus here so you can get some rest. <laughs> Did you just say sleeping with lotus here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. my room literally. Um, I'm gonna end up at the wall being fired. <laughs> Sleep. I'm Pamka, how about you? Oh, I'm the same. I actually really need some sleep after this, but <laughs> it's okay. I got three hours last night, so I'm still alive. Excellent. And Colleen? Oh, I think it's fantastic. This is, for my opinion, uh, in the past four years, I'd say this is the best Lotus Sphere that I've attended. Okay. And uh, have you only been to those four in the last four years, or did you come before that? Um, actually, I come in for a couple of sessions here and there, but past four years I've been here for the full conference, and I'd say by far this is probably the most interactive um, and I've heard this, this is not just my opinion, this is what I've heard from a lot of our customers and business partners as well. Excellent. And Wes, you've probably been to more of them than anybody else on this panel, would you say? Uh, 13. 13, plus, wow. plus the last one in Europe. Okay. I, I think my word would be uh, rejuvenating That's after, after the last several years, yeah. I think. <laughs> I have another word, panel free. <laughs> <laughs> And that brings us on to the OGS. So, Good point. This <laughs> Except this one, of course. <laughs> so, uh, Giuseppe, how about you? OGS, what did you think of the OGS? Uh, it was very, very good. Uh, the, the band, uh, just because of fair, I forgot the name of the band. Okay, go. Okay, go. Okay, go. They rocked the stage. It was incredible. You might experience the best opening ever. And uh, I love it a lot, the joke with Rob Novak about the demo. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, I actually love the demo. Uh, I've seen uh, a lot of things really impressive about... Uh, I'm very, very curious about the new version of Connection. And uh, I'm very curious about the Notes plugin, which is called Lotus Notes Social Edition or something like that, which is going to be, I don't know what's social edition about uh, the plugin, <laughs> but the plugin looks like a very, very interesting feature. The kind of stuff that you did, that you think about that, did you say, oh, it's so obvious, but I have not been able to come up with that. Well, and I think, I think they, they do. They, they have to kind of, there's a lot of questions last night, we were talking about this last night, about what is the difference between 854, the social edition, the upgrade pack, and, and how do they lay it on top of each other? And I think they have to come out and maybe explain that in a bit more intricate terms than, than just a, a, an hour-long demo, because I think they've, they've managed to confuse a lot of people about what is in which release. Um, as far as the OGS, uh, as most people probably know by now, I wasn't actually in the OGS, um, but it was magnitudes of orders better than last year's train wreck. Yeah. Um, so, you know, kudos to IBM for that. It was, it was actually worth me staying in bed and watching it. Do <laughs> <laughs> you enjoy talking about the experience of watching it on a live stream? Because I guess a lot of our listeners here won't have, have been to Lotosphere, will have only seen it on the live stream. It was chilly. <laughs> we don't need all the details. Um, it, was, it was actually very well done. Um, it, was, it was via live stream. Um, there was probably 1,400 to 1,500 concurrent viewers on when, when I was on. And I, I came on just after Michael J. Fox was on. So I have to go back and watch him on the recording. Um, it got a bit choppy in places. 
And I don't know if that was to do with head counts going up, but I, I joked about this, but it was weird. Every single person who was blonde, it started to go choppy. So I'm not sure if <laughs> there's something in the hair that's fizzing the cameras there or something. But it was on on the whole, it was actually very very watchable. And the only time it became unwatchable was to me was right at the end of the doctor. And I actually the reason I got dressed and came down was to find out if the girl survived because I didn't know. <laughs> but he was really good, the doctor. Yeah, I love that story. Yeah. Well, you know that's that's one of the things. I appreciate most about Lotusphere is I work in technical support. No one ever opens a ticket to say, you guys rock. <laughs> but Lotusphere is the one place where I always find someone or learn of someone who's using our technologies to do something like saving lives. You know, this guy's sitting up there saying, you know, thank you for giving us these tools. And I'm just sitting there going, no, thank you. You know, just. I always have something stunning like that, or someone using our technologies in a way we never envisioned when we designed them. And to me, that's one of the real, true takeaways of Lotusphere for me every year, is finding that story, even if it's someone out in the hall saying, hey, we implemented da 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 and I'm just like, wow, you can do that? You I know? Have, I have a question. What level would I put a thank you ticket at? Would that be a <laughs> Well, personally, I think it should be a Sev One priority one. You know, it's a good set. But yeah, I that the doctor was just an amazing way to end the morning. It was just yeah. stunning on a human level. Completely agree. And clean. Any thoughts? Um, <clears throat> well, I would agree with Les. I think that the, the doctor, the whole story, is pretty fascinating. And I thought. Um, uh, Michael J. Fox was an interesting um, uh, guest. I'd heard some mixed reaction around me. And then when I went back later and looked at all the tweets that came through, um, I, I thought he was brilliant because I thought what he did was take this idea of communities and brought it to a level that really made a difference. And um, while it wasn't necessarily the humor, I think that we've been used to maybe in past years with some of those opening guests, um, I, I think that it was a, a brilliant way for them to open it. And also the fact that they had Alex P. Keaton on was pretty exciting for me. Too. <laughs> I've, I've been trying to explain to my daughter for three days now that the whole Keaton family wasn't here. It was just Michael J. Fox. She loves family ties. And that they're really about, what, 20 or 30 years older than but the, but the best part was that he danced on and off stage oh, trying to be oh, totally yeah. back to the future. Yeah. That was great, and he was amazing. I'm still trying to figure out how to tie Teen Wolf back into this. <laughs> we don't. He, he goes into my top three OGS speakers that I've seen with Neil Armstrong and Jason Alexander. Jason Alexander was great. I remember that year. That's an impressive list. And I think that's, that's the great thing about the, the format of the OGS that's kind of come you know, over the last 20 years is that they, they, they do mix it up, but, but those kind of, um, you know, sort of bookends of guest speaker and then, you know, a good story to finish with actually give you that context. I think Alan Lepofsky uh, tweeted this week saying that that's what makes IBM different. It's actually, it's got a much more of a global kind of perspective on things versus a startup that may just be you know, focused on selling their product. I think IBM does take a step back sometimes and think about it in the round in a better way than some of the smaller companies do. And Femke, you were sat with the champions, I guess, over on the right-hand side. What was it like to, to be at the front and to kind of be part of the OGS in that way? It was fantastic, actually, because this is only my second Lotus Fair, and the first time I came here, I was sitting right in the back and just didn't get the fight that you get when you're sitting up front. So it's really amazing to just be sitting there and 
four rows of the stage and seeing the things happening and going around, also around uh, the whole OGS because we were sitting right next to the doorway where everybody was going through. So no, it was great. The only downfall I saw was the actual the, the Wi-Fi. It was down and I never got on again after that. Yeah, and, and I guess it's only fair to mention it, you know, I think probably we've all got fairly positive views about this low sphere, but the Wi-Fi has been a real problem, hasn't it? Yeah. Anybody got any thoughts on that? Has it kind of hindered the way you've dealt with this conference? Well, I was actually talking, um, my background's in networking, and apparently we had an explosion of devices. <laughs> no, no. I mean, when, when you're doing when you're doing capacity planning, when all of a sudden instead of one device, I mean, there's probably someone in this room who has four Wi-Fi capable devices right now. Okay. Six. Yeah. I see your six, and I raise your. <laughs> and I think that caught the the tech crew off guard. Was just that because there was an explosion even over last year. You might remember we actually published numbers last year, yeah. and I'm told we're like almost triple that. Wow. Yeah. Why, why but last year was great though. Last year the Wi-Fi was rock solid. Yeah. The first time in years, last year the Wi-Fi was rock yeah. solid. Yeah. So I gotta believe there were just some technical glitches. I don't believe anybody said let's do half the capacity. I don't believe that. I no, no, no. That same capacity, but everybody's bringing three times as many devices. I've only got two hands. I can only use three. <laughs> you can only use six or seven devices, right? But they all have MAC addresses. <laughs> yeah. But I'm sure that played. You know, I was told that played Netflix a role. Two devices, but you know. well, yeah, you know. Well, you but, know, and on that note too, when you look at the uh, social media from the event, the number of tweets that they got, especially during the opening session, was by far. Um, you know, we trended in what two we or three different topics. With uh, LS twelve. Hashtag, and if I'm not frog, also for Michael J. Fox. Mm -hmm. and, and for OK Go. Yeah. I, was, I was watching the trends okay. on one window, and as soon as OK Go went up, they went to like number nine on the top 10 trends yeah. for the, that 24 hour period. Yeah. And then Michael J. Fox, as soon as he came up, overtook them. I never saw LS12 hit, but LS12 is, LS12, a, long, yeah. is a long series. So usually trends based on number of hits of that specific one at that time. So I didn't look at the week long trend list to see if LS12 was on there, but you know, the two. Rock stars, for want of a better word, on the stage actually trended almost instantly when they hit. Actually, OK Go tweeted that we played for IBM and trended worldwide. That's not that's not happened, you know. So that's that's a pretty powerful statement. And it was MLK did. Well, yeah. <laughs> Who would have heard of OK Go before the opening session? No, uh, I did. Okay, so we got about about half the room. You half are cool. <laughs> but the other half, including me, not so cool. That YouTube video of them is amazing. You should really I have to go. I, I just, I, somebody had told me about it like that morning. He said, oh, it's okay, go. And I was like, who? They're like, the guys with the treadmills. I'm like, who? So when I go home, I will have to find their treadmill video. And uh, just thinking about uh, who came you know, straight after uh, those first few acts, and it's Alistair Rennie, of course, came on to introduce the um, the show. I, I got the impression that Alistair was very relaxed this year. Anybody get that yeah, feel? Yeah. He was very relaxed, very conversational in his, the way he presented. Anybody thoughts on, on how the execs did on stage? Immeasurably better. Immeasurably better. I'll try to um, after five days of this. Uh, I'm going to go back to my earlier word, rejuvenated. I mean, I... I it sounds like a talking point, and I'm sorry if it does, but there's there's a genuine excitement, I think, internally, 
within IBM about what's going on here. And I think that's carrying over, you know, from the guys doing the technical work through the executives to all of you guys. So, I mean, that's, that's really the thing I keep coming back to is rejuvenated. And I think you saw it in Alistair's work on stage. I think I think they have a real confidence that the strategy they had on last year, which kind of shocked us all a bit, didn't it? I mean, I don't think anybody kind of thought coming in that we would have this great new, you know, get social do business or social business kind of, um, you know, concept. You know, it, it was brand new to us all. I think we were all a bit unsure as to what that meant and whether the market would take to it and whether customers would understand it. And then we've come back this year and it seems like the whole industry has kind of gathered behind social business as a brand and kind of IBM is, is somewhat leading the way. Mitch, you, you know, you must speak to a lot of vendors in, in this space. Any, any thoughts on kind of why IBM feels confident at this stage about things? Well, I think first, going back to the OGS for a second, I thought it was much better. What's, what's great about it was they heard it last year, they kind of reacted a little in the middle and then throughout the year and those were at Lolo, they repeated again that they heard the feedback from last year. So it was great to see them execute on taking the feedback and really coming out with a crisp OGS and delivering a good message. I, I just think that every business and every company is looking for an advantage and looking for how to harness all this information that's out there and how to take advantage of their people. And that's the story IBM is telling. And they seem to have the tools that can do it that really nobody else seems to be competing with. One of the things that I heard a lot this week was every time I heard someone talking about connections, a point being made how we're gaining a lot of traction with connections in Microsoft shops. So there's a real story there that non-Lotus faithful shops that haven't been Lotus shops are seeing the value in connections and are going out to another vendor, IBM, and buying it and not just trying to do what they have with tools from other vendors. So that's, I think, part of the confidence is that they see it actually selling in a lot of enterprises that weren't traditionally Lotus enterprises. Okay, so me, as I, I took away from the kind of start of the OGS, there were a lot of Macs and iPads being used. Yeah, did anybody notice that? Anybody think that was kind of big? I think it's probably about an hour and 20 minutes in before we first, first saw a Windows machine. I, I just like that they were walking on stage with iPads tethered to nothing presenting. That was pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let's go through some of the, the kind of major announcements, I guess, and, and then we'll, we'll circle back around. So, um, Mitch, maybe you want to take connections next? You know, we, we've been seeing it kind of behind the scenes for a little while now, but it was really revealed on stage in terms of some of the new features and social mail and so on. So, connections next, and I'm very excited about it. It's That product just keeps maturing every, every release. That product just takes a huge step forward. The social mail stuff, I think it's great that they're supporting. And again, it goes back to what I just said earlier. I think it's great that they're not saying it's social mail for Domino, but it's social mail for Domino or Exchange. They're really trying to play to different markets with the product. Uh, losing my train of thought. But, you know, very excited for the beta and very excited for the second half of the year when it ships. Just to get that, it, it just really, once again, every, like I said, from one to two to three, it just every release this product takes a huge step forward in terms of usability, in terms of functionality, and it's great to see. I love the fact that they're really looking at integrating it more with other products that are out there, um, getting it also into more of the mainstream tool for the, for the users, especially with the social mail, it's a great addition to this product. And those that come from the more sort of traditional side of, of notes mail and you know, notes apps and so on, do, do you think customers that have used those in the past are going to come on stream with social mail? Do you, do you think users are going to adopt it? Yeah, I do think they, yeah, I think they'll love this functionality, especially as it makes them just have one place where to go instead of having several applications. Yeah. There's a definite move to simplify mail. 
<clears throat> and by that, I mean, over the last 20 years, I know it's slowly gotten more and more complex and more and more sophisticated. And I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad thing, but you look at social mail and it basically rips it down to its bare bones, no matter what the platform is behind it, by the way, um, whether it be Exchange or Domino. And I'm hoping they also realize that Google is a big player in this market now, but I didn't hear that. So you look at how what Gmail is, and Gmail is a reasonably simple interface. Reply, forward, reply to all. That's basically it. And you look at iNotes, and you look at Outlook Web Access, and it's a bit overwhelming for the basics of what I do. And I think social mail abstracts that out to its core of what we were used to when someone first gave us an email client back in the mid-90s. Well, I mean, Alistair kicked off one of the first, one of the earlier comments he made in the OGS was, no, we don't think email is dead, but we think it needs to go to the spa for a makeover, and we're going to show you that this morning. And that's exactly what we saw. I don't, I don't think the power user, I don't think the people who are really getting a lot of email are moving to social mail right away. I, but I think it's a great bridge for them to start getting more into the social tools and hopefully start moving some of their traffic out of email by having it right there and being able to do the things they absolutely need to right there without jumping back to the rich client. And folks, how about you know, the rest of the OGS? Any big announcements you would pull out for being particularly important? The, the, the Notes plugin app. The ability to say a classic Notes app. And I, and I don't know, I, if you hadn't seen it before the OGS, I don't know how much it stood out. And they really kind of showed it and moved on. And it really was a huge thing. So you basically have, it's going to be about a 40 or 50 meg download, pushes to a browser, and lets you run any classic native Notes app in your browser the same way it would render in the notes client. And that is huge because if you want to start migrating apps to X pages and start taking things out of the client and you have a lot of apps, you can't do them all right away. And there are some apps that just don't need that. There are some apps that just are fine, are working as is, but you want to take them out of the client, you want to make them more accessible to people and web enable them, this is the way to do it. A very small, very lightweight download that will just let those things run in the, in the browser and that was huge. And I almost wish they would have spent a little more time on that. That that surprised me because I, I was not aware of that. And they looking, showed they showed looking, yeah, and they showed that and my jaw literally and I was just like, Really? I I think that's going to be huge. And if you think about it, it actually fits into the overall model because I what I see <clears throat> is less of buy a new application as we're going to bring these capabilities in large part to what you have now. We're going to let you bring all this into your browser with the plugin. Even if you're on exchange, we're going to deliver social capability. And, and I think that's that was largely unspoken, but I think tactically that's that's a brilliant move. Well, and, and so I've, I've mentioned it probably what, half a dozen times now on the podcast about this was a thing I was looking for at Lotusphere, because I saw it at Lola, we had to check NDAs and stuff to see if we could actually talk about earlier than that. Um, I, I think what it allows organizations to do that are looking at X pages is to concentrate on net new X pages and not have to go back yeah, and put lipstick on the pig. And that is huge. It's, it's a massive step in the right direction that I'm no longer always fighting back to move forward. I can just say from this day on, I'm going to draw a line in the sand and I'm going to use all the excellent stuff the people like Nicholas are doing, and I don't have to worry about trying to backport it because the honest truth is, X Pages is not notes. It's a different skill set, and to have to go and rebuild all that functionality that now will work in a browser is as simple as 
opening a plugin and downloading basically a notes DLL is what it really is. So well done to IBM. Kudos for that. And, and just to reiterate, it's the best thing I've seen to come out of the domino space since Deos. It's that good. Okay. Look at that quiet, I give. <laughs> <laughs> I give. While we're talking about notes and domino, any thoughts on any of the other announcements? Because we're going to have got this idea of notes and domino social edition. Anybody got a good grasp on what that actually means? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> the thing I would say about the notes and domino stuff is obviously there's a message IBM is pushing out here. And as someone who's been working with connections, it's great to see them lead with connections. It's great to see the traction it has, and it's great to see it take the center stage and be the first thing they put up there. But I almost, I wouldn't have changed the content of the OGS. I almost would have changed the order. And I almost would have played somewhat to the old-time faithful crowd and put the notes and domino stuff at the beginning. Yeah. Exactly what they presented, maybe a little more on this plugin, but really put that out there first and then kind of move into the other stuff because I kind of felt like about an hour in, are we going to see notes, domino, traveler, even knowing that it wasn't going to be it wasn't a very heavy product session. Yeah. And, and it wasn't a deep dive, but that's what I would have thought. And and that was, um, I was watching the Twitter stream, and, and that was a near constant comment. Starting about 20 minutes in, people were tweeting, no one has said notes dominant. I might have yet. started that. But. No <laughs> one has, you know, we're now 35 minutes in. Um, for me, notes domino social edition, it's, it's actually a two-pronged. I go back to my earlier comment about delivering capabilities to those who want it. My understanding is if you want straight up Notes Domino 854, you can have it. If you want the extra capabilities, Social Edition layers over. That's my understanding. So again, we're talking about focusing more on targeting the capability rather than the product, so to speak. We can just layer over it. And if you want those capabilities in exchange, we can layer over exchange as well. You know. Okay, so, I think there's another advantage to, to the social edition, and that is it's, it's not a full install. It's an upgrade, basically a diff file, for want of a better word, over the top of probably an 854 upgrade. So I think IBM have listened to the, 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 the pain points of the Eclipse client for the last four years. I think if they had it all to do again, my guess is the Eclipse client would be a bit different outcome now if they knew how this was going to go. But being able not to have to reinstall 500 meg every single time you want to upgrade a client is a massive step in the right direction. I just hope it's not 150 meg upgrade, right? Yeah. I mean, we need to get it down to a manageable level. Anyone remember the quarterly fixes where it used to come out and it was, you know, 12 meg, bang, done, you were done? I'm hoping that we're going to go back to at least, if not that size, that model. And does it, uh, c can you explain what the social edition kind of includes for those that aren't here? I guess we talk about the embedded experience, so the ability to, to be able to see stuff in your notes client and it automatically go out and display that in, in the UI. Is that what well, social the, the interesting thing was the notes demo they did. And this, I think, again, is where why we don't have a good grasp on it to some extent is they come up on stage and do the notes demo and it's, Okay, here's connections in your notes client, yeah. and there's that's nice. And, you know, if you're if you're like if you're a person who works like I do, that's very nice. But there's got to be more to it than just we could bring connections in if you're running that. And there's got to be other things in that client that are features and functions that people can use. And Nicholas is going to write a whole bunch of stuff for us to plug in there, right? <laughs> I think it was a question mark. Again, I said, well, you're, going, you're going to write it where you're going to get people to write it. So let's just go around the room. Anybody got a question for the panel? 
Any thoughts on the OGS you'd like to share? Anybody awake? <laughs> Is there anybody actually here? Do you, Stuart, we didn't talk really about Connect and the whole idea with this, um, you know, the two conferences going on side by side. Um, I have to say, I thought that was really exciting and I wasn't sure exactly how it was going to go off and um, if people would uh, go between the two conferences, between Lotusphere and Connect. And I've heard a lot of positive um, about the sessions that were offered at Connect um, and people were able to go back and forth between the two. I thought it was great and very curious to see how we handle this going into next year, actually. I think it's very good for, for potential customers to see how people like the likes of Colgat Palmolive have, have, have done this kind of stuff. Uh, because it's very, it's very overwhelming when IBM comes in and says to a, even a 30,000 seat organization is magnitude smaller than IBM. And so for IBM to come in and say, we can do this, we'll help you, I think is a bit overwhelming, even for what I would consider a, a, a large corporation. And I think it's good for the, for the non-100,000 seat organizations to be able to come somewhere and see the story, but not be told the story in IBM terms, be told the story in other people's terms about why we did it. And one of the best sessions I went to was the actual customer evangelist panel, where they had, um, you know, uh, John Rowling was on there, um, Steve Stephen Pitcher was on there, um, and, and there was like five or six just normal, what you would consider normal run of people from companies that had anywhere between 250 users all the way up to, you know, 50,000 seats. And they just explained <coughs> what tools and uses they did to pick to fix problems. But the travesty was, I think you only had five minutes. Each one of them could have had a session, and that was the best thing. It wasn't necessarily a connect session. You want to leave them was, wanting more. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it, was, it was the same idea, though, is let's show people what, we, what, what can be done with the tooling. And I think connect, I, have, I didn't go to any, but the people I, I talked to said, now we kind of get it. There was a but, great tweet yesterday that said, it might have even been you, but someone wrote, um, you know, uh, every panel or every session they went to had a customer success story. Brilliant. Alan, yeah. Alan Lepofsky said that. Was that Alan? Yeah, Alan Lepofsky said that. But the, the other thing, I think the keynotes on Tuesday and Wednesday we haven't gotten to yet. And, it, you know, in my mind, that is, those are two of the best sessions I've seen here as keynotes. You know, not, not that there haven't been other good ones in the past years, but those two together were terrific. I thought they both had good speakers who got up, delivered a message, didn't ramble on. And really, I think they covered both from the business side, playing to the people who are here kind of more for the connect, and to the IT side for the people who hear of how do we do this and how do we get people to use this stuff. And I think they really delivered a great message. Yesterday morning with Tim Berners-Lee was fascinating. Uh, I kind of felt a little bad for the Polycom guy who had to get up there after Tim Berners-Lee and the Watson <laughs> guy. Uh, and his message was a little off. I mean, that was almost a sales pitch after two really inspiring presentations. And on Tuesday morning, there was just some great points around adoption, some great points around how we do this and how people are succeeding doing this. And going back to Connect, I just think that I'd like to see, I think I think IBM's still trying to get the balance right. It's kind of the second year there's been a conference and a conference, and they'll get there. But it's nice to see that they are reaching out to the people who are going to make the decisions at a very high level and getting them down here and getting them to see not only the message, but getting them to see the enthusiasm that is Lotusphere and the enthusiasm that the people have for the software. Because that's the thing that's hard to explain to people who have never been here. You know, yes. You're going to a technical conference. Why are you so excited? Yeah. How do you start talking in October, you know, in August about this conference you're going to for work? And I think just having those people down here and letting them see the enthusiasm that builds around it and then getting that high-level message that IBM is trying to sell in terms of what social business is, 
can't be done any other way. Well, and you know, you touch on an important thing that often goes unstated. One of the things we've heard in this discussion, you know, IBM's getting it. IBM's getting social community. Look at yourselves. Right? Look at this community. Okay? Even before the tools were considered, the community was there. And we've seen the power of that. And we do get excited. You know, I was I was in September going, when are they going to let me submit an abstract? You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know? But, but yes, you cannot underestimate your power, and I'm talking to the people in the room for those listening, <laughs> but you can't underestimate your power in this equation, your value in this community. And I think that's a lot of the payoff you're seeing now. And, and we kind of talked about that before in terms of the attendees really drove a lot of what happened at the OGS this year based on last year's feedback. Perfect example. And it goes even further. Mike, Michael Sampson had a wrap-up post yesterday, which I think gave a very good example of someone that's not used to this. And a couple of things in his post struck me as, as kind of eye-opening. He said, one, it's a truly massive conference. And for me, I kind of get it. It's a bit disheartening when there's only 5,000 people turning up. You're like, oh, there's only 5,000 people. <laughs> And I think from the other side of the fence, it's like, wow, there's 5,000 people going for lunch and they managed to keep it streaming through. And it's not just that, there's so many sessions going on at the same time. And I think we lose sight of that. And the other thing is uh, we're starting a new session next year called My Name is Wes and I'm an abstract junkie. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know how you guys feel, but it feels to me every year I come back, there's almost less and less time. It feels like more and more compressed <laughs> period of time here in Orlando and yes. more and more stuff going on. Um, and, and you almost feel like they can make the content two weeks long and yeah, then we'd be able God to no, please. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the sleeping with lotus ears that you suggested. Uh, and Mitch, going back to your points about the, um, the, the general sessions in the mornings, I, I agree completely. They, they were great. And some of the speakers By the way, this is the third time this week Stuart and I have agreed on something. <laughs> You know, a couple of things from that. Uh, first of all, the guy from Fast Company I thought was just superb on, on the, the first day. Also, um, and, and maybe I shouldn't even be picking this out, but I'm going to, the number of women on stage this year seem to be more than we've ever had. And also really key women to their companies that are delivering some of this stuff. So there were, there were was it the CIO and I can't remember what the other lady's role was from TV, from TV Bank. And they did just a phenomenal job. And I'll turn that over to Femco actually. In terms of nerd girls, you know, it seemed like this year, you know, kind of is in some ways a realization of some of the things that you got you ladies have been talking about for the last four or five years. That Absolutely, actually, that yeah. there should be no reason picking out. It shouldn't be a big deal, but actually, it's really nice to see. It is, and I think it's often forgotten. But you used to come here, and it's like you're one in twenty or ten percent of the conference that's women, and the rest is like guys and. I don't mind. I mean, I work with guys mostly, so I'm used to it. <laughs> um, but it's nice to, to be able to see that there is a lot of women coming out of the woodworks right now. And especially with the whole social thing, I think it's an area that a lot of women feel much more comfortable with. Um, so I think it's a good thing that it's happening like this. And yeah, we were, we've organized some events also around Lotusphere with Nerdcoast Group, um, one of which was a Spark session. And Mitch was a guest on that one. And then Awesome Speak uh, about getting social with cancer. So that was a really great one. Um, but there were a lot of good speakers also just about how do you get to be who you are 
And I think that's something that's working right, well, pretty well right now. And I think we said last year that we it would be good when we don't have to have that. And I think it's still relevant, but it's even less relevant than just 12 months ago. And actually, almost the Nurgle sessions that I was going to were almost celebrating the fact that we can be just ourselves, our, our own personalities, and, and actually social in some ways has helped that because you see people's personalities through the interactions you have with them online as well as in person, and, uh, and that we should be celebrating our differences as well as you know, our similarities. And actually, Gazeppi, I'm going to throw this one at you. Um, in terms of being a non-native speaker and coming to Low Sphere, oh. do you want to...? <laughs> <laughs> I think he just one, answered actually. it. Sorry. He's, um, he's learned not to talk to New Yorkers. <laughs> he's answering you sotto voce. <laughs> how, how is that? I mean, it must be tremendously hard to it, be... It's actually very, very hard also because... Uh, you are so tired. <laughs> uh, I, I may add, this conference is terrific for networking. Stuff of this conference just happened naturally. And you get introduced to key people just stumbling on them on the pub. And <laughs> this is incredible. He means me. <laughs> the stumbling. The stumbling. <laughs> <laughs> but is, if you stumble on Keep people on the pub, it means you are somewhat drunk. <laughs> and so it's just harder to talk what you are drinking in your native language. Picture that in English. <laughs> <laughs> so some, sometimes it's very, very hard. Uh, people from New York talk very, very fast. As I say, you don't even understand me sober. <laughs> no, you just... Neither do I. <laughs> well, when are you sober? <laughs> what I can say to non-native speaker is, don't be shy. Ask, please repeat, or please uh, speak slowly to me. People here are very, very fine. And uh, even if they are drunk, are going to... Speak slower to you. <laughs> so, or if you're like Lisi, you just speak louder. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, you get home and you speak English. You have to switch back. It's hard, but uh, yeah, I'm very happy to be here. It adds a whole new layer of confusion when you talk in a different language and. Do it while you've just had a couple of beers, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and tell me again how you, uh, what you had to say to get into the Dutch drinks. Schevening. <laughs> I actually got you a video trying it. Oh no. That's <laughs> <laughs> going on somewhere. Is that again, Stuart? No. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, I I've certainly seen uh, this year there seem to be more parties than ever. And then, uh, I would hate to give people listening from home who haven't been here the idea that this is just one long... We're all luscious. One, <laughs> one long social. It is incredibly hard work in those here, but there is the social side. There's the evening parties. And I get the impression there's been more kind of country-related parties this year than I've perhaps ever seen. Maybe I'm just more aware of them than I have been in the past, but I get the impression that each of the country groups really come together this time around. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think you're right, and I think that's, that's an extension of our... our earlier discussions about the community. As the community grows, then you can support Dutch drinks. You know, five or six years ago, would there have been enough 
I think it's been there for you a know? couple of years already. Yeah, so so that strength is yeah. really pretty organized. I think yeah. I think there's more awareness of them. I think people yeah. are tweeting about them. Yeah. And yeah. You see, I, you know, I think we didn't used to know. And the Dutch people come and have their Dutch party, and you know, the Canadians have the Canadian party, and. I wonder how many. Now it's all. I and the Swiss have a chocolate party, Italian party, yep, <laughs> for next year. Yeah, excellent. But now it's all tweeted, so we see it all. And I and I wonder how many people earned their Bender badge on Foursquare. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I thought's really interesting is using um, more than ever seeing people with their Twitter, uh, their Twitter IDs, their Twitter yeah. handles, and you go. Um, I had a great um, story on Sunday night. I was at the welcoming reception, and um, this woman walked by. I'd never met her. Um, I think we got connected last year at Lotusphere, and we'd been tweeting. And I'm at the entrance, and all of a sudden, I see this woman go by, and I recognize her from her little thumbnail picture. And I was like, Sarah Actians. And she turned around. She says, Colleeny. And you know, I got this great big hug. And then you run across the beach. <laughs> <laughs> and it's fantastic. I feel like I've known her for a year, but you know, never met before. And it was this all is a, another suggestion. Put your actual face as a Twitter and Stuart McIntyre, stop changing it. <laughs> I make it a recent photo as well. There was someone. There was someone last night. It, it might have been you, Darren. You actually said, "You know, I'm the first person you've seen here that you could identify from their Twitter picture." <laughs> And, and I think, uh, yeah, go back to the Twitter IDs, you, you've done a great job pulling down in the, the social area on the showcase, printing out badges for people that have their Twitter IDs. You've got to think at some stage Ireland's going to put Twitter IDs on badges or some kind of social recognition because it is really hard sometimes if all you know somebody by is their Twitter handle is to, you know, to make that relationship with somebody where it just shows their full name on their badge. Well, yeah, the, there were some discussions around that and I think part of it is does the attendee understand that if it's on their badge, he's going to have people who just grab their name, start following them and tweeting to them. So, you know, I, I, I'm in the camp that I'd like to see things like lists built of attendees. So there'd be an LS12 attendees Twitter list, you know, things like I that. Don't, I don't think the sponsors would allow that. But it, it's a question because some people don't want their Twitter handle out there. But make it optional. We, we asked the same thing last yeah. year. Yeah. After, after this week in Lotus last year, it's like, look, give us the option to put the Twitter ID on there because some people have some weird, really weird no. <laughs> Twitter IDs. And not everyone has them shouting them out really loud in Australian accent like Curious Mitch has. Yeah. Right? We all know what Curious Mitch is because Matt Newman advertises it to the entire world. <laughs> but, but so, again, I'm going to ask this. Make it an option. Don't make me have to hack at Darren Duke Duke because that really confuses people. <laughs> Can I say one more thing about Twitter IDs? Yeah. One, one thing I would say to people is, you know, I noticed like through the week trying to keep up with things that, you know, there have been new followers. I followed some new people. When you go home or if you're listening and you followed somebody new, reach out to them on Twitter and remind them that you met them at Lotusphere, maybe in the context and get involved with them because it's hard to figure out who all the people are. You're running down the hall. I mean, I was stopped by somebody. It's like, yeah, I followed you on Twitter and he told me who he was. And then I saw the follow come through a few minutes later. So like, I know who that person was, but so many people either saw you speak somewhere or saw a tweet or saw Matt Newman scream out your Twitter handle and followed you. And I'd like to know who those people are. And I'd like to understand who I should be following back based on that they engage, because I, I can't just go follow, 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 I'll never keep up. But I'd like those people to engage and let me know why they followed me and 
be able to understand who they are. And, and eggs are bad. <laughs> eggs, eggs are bad. bad. Eggs are bad. But you know, some, <laughs> something that really stunned me was the adoption rate. Because for me, you know, my presentations are not heavy on the social side. Okay. So it was just my last slide. And I said, and by the way, my Twitter handle is WestMorgan1. If you follow me, you're going to hear a lot about conversations with my dog, my daughter's basketball games, and the occasional technical point. By the time I got off the podium and walked back to the Meet the Developers Lab, I check my mail. I've got 25, 30, one case, 40 new followers. There's a lot of dog people in them. Apparently so. <laughs> Apparently so. And to me, that kind of an immediate adoption rate was just stunning. Try using the word naked. <laughs> Look at me and imagine, and imagine me doing that. <laughs> I think it's okay. Amazing, but We're talking thousands of unfollow, unfollow, unfollow. I think it's amazing that through the whole social media range and, and especially through Twitter, you're able to become a part of the community even when you're not on site. Because I wasn't here last year when uh, Lotus Fair was on, and I was sitting at home and or in the office actually, and I was watching the OGS through a Lotus Live web meeting that somebody just put up on his laptop on his lap. And I was just engaging um, in the chat and in Twitter, and I was following what was going on. And it bummed me out that I wasn't there, actually. But at the same time, I felt really there because I was following it. And I could actually ask people questions like, what's going on and how's, how are you finding it all? And what do you think is, is good or is bad or, or, or something? So since then, I've been really active connecting to people and actually interacting with people. And I come here and all these people come up to me and say, like, oh, you're Femke. And I'm like, yeah, and I look at their bed and I'm like, oh, you're the best, or you're like this, and I'm like, oh, great, it's such a great way of meeting people. But it brings it full circle back back to the Wi-Fi, right? It, it, <laughs> it, it, people like Stuart and Chris Miller, you know, they, they, they live blog these OGSs, and without connectivity, you cannot live blog. There's two things that you need a live blog. One is battery, which do it did a bad job of them. Some conversations were really on. The other one is literally Wi-Fi. Italian audience complain. Because uh, I also like blog in Italian for uh, Domino Point, and uh, I end up with half OGS done, and the other half I replicated when I got to my hotel room. Right. So I had, uh, I don't know how many people following on Domino Point, and they hung it up at half the OGS. Right. You picture uh, thousands of Italians just sitting there yeah. waiting for the other half. What happened to the girl? Did she survive? <laughs> yeah, it's like being at the movie and the, the, the real... Uh, <laughs> and then, I don't want to keep on hammering IBM about the Wi-Fi, but it is such an important part of this conference. And, you know, I would have live-blogged loads more sessions. You know, I did the OGS and I stopped at that point because it was just too difficult to even get online to tweet, let alone anything else. And I think for the Americans it's a hindrance because you can just drop back to 3G on your phones and your iPads and so on. But for the international audience, you are just offline. There's, you know, there's no yeah. alternative. And, and if we are... You know, if we want to be social, it's a problem. If we're asked to be social, as some of us in the audience here have been as part of the, the social host campaign and team social and so on, it's just impossible. You just can't do what you've been asked to do without that Wi-Fi network. And it started to affect sessions yesterday. Yeah. Which is even more important. 
right? They, they might want to silence me, right? If I can understand them, putting a key on it. But when it actually affects the sessions and the presenters cannot get the connectivity they want, there's something wrong. And I understand there's an explosion of devices, but really, is that a shock? Uh, no, yeah. it's not. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure it's the, the feedback I know that we've heard. You know, from the IBMers here, that it's feedback that they're taking very seriously. Just work on a, multi a multiple of five device, five times more devices every year, and you're probably, <laughs> you're, you're probably on the line. Darren's coming with twelve next year. <laughs> but then again, the community has always come together, and it did in this case also because I was sitting in the OGS in the champion section, and I didn't have Wi-Fi, and I was like stressed out because of that because I wanted to see what was going on in the second OGS, which is like the online one. Yeah. Because there is like two OGSs. It's the one on stage and it's the one on your lab. And you Absolutely. want to follow what's going on. And I, at a certain point, I even just started nudging my neighbors and saying, you have to tweet that. And just say it's for me, you know? <laughs> and they did, you know? And I was just watching over their shoulder and seeing what they were actually tweeting and what was going and on. I've asked for this in previous years. I'm going to ask for it again. I think the front row of every auditorium should be have wired Ethernet and power. And then the expectation is, if you sit in that front row, you will be covering the conference. Right? And you obviously can't mandate that. You obviously can't throw somebody out if they don't. But I think if you made that suggestion, that if you want to cover this, if you want to tweet it, you can go there and you can get a connection. I think they will both get more coverage online and also um, you know, people will be much more satisfied because people that do want to be social can be at that point. You know? I think every year I've seen more people walking around the conference with those Wi-Fi devices, yeah. and I wonder at what point the Wi-Fi goes away as an issue and everybody's coming down here with a Wi-Fi device. Again, I mean, for the American audience. Yeah, the international audience. The international audience, there are, I mean, I know people who have rented them for the week of Lotosphere, and I just wonder, I mean, I considered doing, like, looking at one this year, and yes, it's definitely different for yeah, the other point the is, audience. do you remember that Apple um, OGS, I think probably where they announced the iPad, possibly, where Steve Jobs stood up on stage and said, can everybody turn off their MiFi's? Yeah. There were something like 500 access points in that room. Yeah. Anybody remember that? And that was a massive hindrance to the Wi-Fi they were using. I do wonder, actually, whether the MiFi's are part of the problem. You know, if they fix the Lotosphere Wi-Fi's, we didn't have to use other alternative options, whether that might help it for everybody. Uh, there is actually a portable at and Shell Tower here. Yeah. There is? It's been, yeah. in the last, it's been in the last few years. It's out in the back of the dock, but yeah. it's been here at least four years now, and that's to bring an extra AT&T capacity. Okay. And that's, you know, MW Look actually had Sprint as a sponsor, and instead of them paying to be a sponsor, they had them run extra bandwidth into the conference. And it's always shocked me is why IBM hasn't put it out there for Sprint or Verizon or AT&T or T-Mobile to say, you know, run a 100 meg pipe in and we will put your name everywhere. And that'll solve it with zero cost to them. Now, obviously, the, the hotels make an awful lot of money off of Wi-Fi, so that, that, that might be an issue. But MW look have solved it. Right, Mike? Yeah, yeah. So it, it, it's solvable it's in a, in a, in a, when it is. But still, these guys are cell phone carriers. They don't understand the scale. Another comment on that too. So, if the only way I can get to do some work while I'm here is to go back to my room, I've now lost at least a one session block, if not two or more. So, here's the paid attendee. We can't, we all know that while we're away, we're going to have to do something for work at some point in time. And if there's something I can hop on a laptop and do quickly, I can do it in the session room and stuff. If I have to exit and go set up upstairs, then, then you're, you're losing value. 
And you've got to think the more executives we get here as well, the businesses, the more they're yeah, it's going to be critical because they need to be in touch with what's going on behind. Now, while we're talking about um, possibly negative sides to Lotosphere, uh, at the front of the desk here we have a redacted this week in Lotus on my laptop. Uh, anybody want to take on the redacted issue this week? You know what? <clears throat> with, with the disclaimer that at this point I am not speaking officially for IBM. Um, Me neither. <laughs> you know, I, I certainly understand the the legal questions. And for those who may not be aware, there was a session whose slides included um, some copyrighted images, and there was some last-minute conflagration with IBM Legal on the matter. Um, my concern and my overriding concern is not the question of you're using a copyrighted image. That's, that's absolutely clear in this day and age, right? We just saw a protest yesterday with SOPA and PIPA in the U.S. about misuse of copyrighted data. My point is, it boiled to a head 30 minutes before a member of our community was supposed to go on stage and present. Should have been handled at least a week before the conference, if not further ahead. Yeah. That, that was what disturbed me the most. It wasn't legals being picky, no. It's copyrighted material that does not belong to IBM. There's a liability there. It was handled in an incredibly poor fashion. That should not happen because I'll tell you right now as a longtime speaker, if you came up to me 30 minutes before I'm stepping on stage and <laughs> saying you've got to edit, redact, change your slides. And for those not here, you wouldn't do that to Wes, <laughs> trust me. He's you know, a big dude. I would get large. Okay? <laughs> I would be large on the person. So, yeah, I understand why it happened. It was, hap it was handled incredibly poorly. It was a, a community damaging thing in the way it was handled. Not the facts of the matter, but in the way it was handled. And I think part of our feedback is we've got to get that feedback and review back to speakers well in advance. Yeah. I think that's that's the failing. So I mean well, well said, Wes. Well said. Yeah. Where do I start? I, I agree with everything that Wes said. I think you know, it's not so much the, the rules stipulate no copyright images. There were probably copyrighted images in that presentation. So they were in IBM Legal, I would find that right to remove them, but to do it 30 minutes before and to do it to almost the exact presentation from last year is what doesn't jive with me. You know, is, is there a statute of limitations on copyright usage? Because if not, they can go back and look 12 months ago and do whatever they want to do as far as the copyright goes. I think that the, the crooks here is that IBM are using these presentations as their own material after the conference. They're taking the community members' names off the presentations and they're dishing it out as IBM property. And that is wrong. They, they're treating it as theirs if they're doing that. And some members of the community have had that happen to them and they're not being attributed to them. I know I, I can, I'm not going to name them. Yes, it signs over your intellectual property. I think IBM need to stop that and allow us to do what we want, and if they're going to use it, attribute to the actual authors. 
And I think you have to be consistent, don't you? Now, yeah, I, I wasn't in the other presentation that was going on at the time, but suddenly there were tweets about an IBM presentation at exactly the same time as the redacted one that also had unauthorized copyrighted images in it. And so, if that was the case, and again, yeah, I've got no proof of that, then it, it needs to be consistent across the board, and it needs to be dealt with a month before legislature. And and you know, I, I will jump in and say two things. The point you raised about community members having their names taken off their material. Um, I am not a mover and a shaker, but I'd, I'd like to get with you and get some details on that because okay. to me that's a community destructive act. I talked earlier. We don't want to do community limiting moves. There are now jumpstart sessions that are not entered every year because of that one thing. Okay, but that's something I agree with you needs to stop. We need to acknowledge our community members and the work they do. Now, to your point, yeah, you know, across the board. And I go back to, if they got the reviews done two weeks before the conference, I think it would be more consistent. You know, and I do think that there's there's an attitude out there that, you know, we tell IBMers the rules, they're going to follow the rules. So maybe it is a bit more scrutiny on those who are delivering from the community than internal IBMers. Well, obviously, as you've just pointed out, there's a point of failure, okay? So, you know, I for one will take all this back, of course, and I'll be verbally large on some people um, and, and see what we can do, but please- Are you gonna I, type in all caps? Is that the better? <laughs> no, that means I'll not use email and I'll pick up the phone. <laughs> and to conclude that, you know, yeah. a little bit of conversation, um, I was speaking to somebody here from IBM who was from the Pulse conference, from the Tivoli conference. She helps with the organization of that. Um, and it was it was fantastic to listen to her, and I know there's a lot of cross-pollination going on this year between the different IBM uh, conferences, but they put out the call for abstract seven months before their, um, before their event. It takes they that long to install at the VM. <laughs> <laughs> they made their decisions five months before the event, and they called for their slides three months before the event. And I think if that happened with Lotusphere, then it would ease an awful lot of the tensions in the community around Agreed. that whole process. Well, it's not, it's not like Lordosphere is like Easter. The date doesn't move by months. It, may, it moves mainly by weeks. So it's not like we don't know when it's <coughs> going to happen. And they've already released the date for next year. So, right? I mean, I agree with Stuart. There's, there's no yeah. reason why. This year was exceptionally slow. Yeah. Yep. Very, very late. So let's 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 get back to the positive again. We spoke about the community, community damaging you know things, but on on the community, uh, you know, improving nature. Colleen, you've been involved in some activities this year around the social side and so on. How how do you think the community feel has been this this last bit? Well, I'm new to the community. I mean, uh, Joyce Davis probably can speak. About Joyce has done so much this past year, and I've just been witness to it as I've come onto the team mid-year. I'm sorry. <laughs> you and me both. No, it's been um absolutely no, 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 wonderful. It was really hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's been terrific to see um, just how the community does come together. I've, I've seen it. I've heard it on the calls. I've seen it online in the community, but actually in person, um, the energy that I felt from everyone being together, not just Matt Newman, you know? yeah. <laughs> although that's a big part of it. Um, just to see how the community has come together, it, it's very, very positive. I, I thought it was fantastic. And I think Joyce does an amazing job trying to pull all of that together. Thank you, Joyce. Thank you, Joyce. I'd say one of my favorite moments, actually, at the conference was the reception for the IBM Champions. <clears throat> Hello. 
Um, um, actually, upon meeting Mr. Darren. <laughs> and, I, and to think I walked by you that first evening, I had no idea. Um, <laughs> but um, was being at that, that reception for the IBM champions. And every business partner that, that I know, and I've had a lot of wonderful experiences over the years with business partners. Now when I see them, I'm like, you need to become an IBM champion. You know, we need to, to bring you into the community. You need to, that's been my favorite experience so far this year. The second favorite experience, sorry. Yeah. And I think there's, there's a couple of other positives. The Penumbra Group um, recognized um, Susan Bullock for her excellent contribution to the community over the many, many years we've asked her stupid and inane questions and she's come back with reasonable answers, right? She's, she's, she's a rock star. She's one of the hidden gems in, inside of IBM. And, and I think Matt Newman did a good job of recognizing Mary Beth Raven in, in his yeah. session. Uh, you know, I think it was a mistake not, not to have her present, but I think I, Matt Newman got a standing ovation from what had to be. I think it was, it was, it was a bad room, right? They closed the door, wouldn't let anyone else in. So there had to be close to 500 people in that room that all stood up and applauded Mary Beth Raven. And, and I think that was one of the moments I'll, I'll remember. If I had emotion, I would have cried. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, I don't. Anybody else on community? The, the best, one of the best lines I heard all week was Andy Pettis said to me, on, I think it was on Saturday night. He said, no, he, 10 years ago, he used to come to Lotusphere and spend 10, 15 minutes catching up with everybody and seeing what they did the last year. He's like, now it's I walk up, I'm like, so anyway, as we were talking about the other day, <laughs> because it really, it's no longer coming down and seeing people once a year, but the opportunity for those who aren't participating, probably not the audience in this room, but the, the opportunity is out there to be part of this community every single day of the year, and those who don't take advantage of it are really, really missing out on something, and I would say that you should always drive to do what Andy said, which is be able to show up on January 26th or 27th or whatever it is next year and walk up to people and say, so anyway, because you've really been part of their lives the entire year. One, one interesting thing that happened to me um, this year, I was talking with someone that I've seen over the last three or four years here, and he said, I'm going to put you in touch with someone. My goal is to get them to Lotus Fear next year. But I'm starting now getting them, following people on Twitter, getting them into Greenhouse and, and reaching out and actively bringing them into the community before they make, you know, that live appearance. And I think that's a trend that's only going to increase, you know, with things like this podcast, with things like Twitter, you know, we can now go home and actually be that friend of a friend situation to bring people into the community. I think that's something else that's on the rise. I think that one of the things is trying to get that momentum. That's the one thing we were talking about this week. There was so much momentum. I mean, you know, tens of thousands of tweets that have come out of the conference and the energy. It's fantastic. I don't want to come back in the office Monday and say, deflated. Um. Yeah, what we want to keep that momentum going. How do we keep it from going from these, you know, um, mountains and valleys, you know? I will, I will write a spam bot that will tweet you oh, four times every minute for the next year. You're, you're... All right, good, good. Shine, I have a question. No? I've got zombie flu. <laughs> no, no, she is zombie flu. I've got zombie flu. Enough 
how important it is to be taking part with you before you turn up here. Because when you do turn up here, it's like meeting all your best friends again, but for the first time in real life. <laughs> Perfect. And, and you know, the thing that throws me the most is when somebody walks up to me in the lab and says, do you mind if I ask you a question? <laughs> well, no, that's that's why they put me at this little table with a with a poorly fitting chair, and, you know. But but that just amazes me. But there were people that have been communicating with me on Twitter and were like, "Hey, Wes, I was gonna, you know." And that ice is broken. We broke it through social media, through social business. So the in person is even smoother. Just to comment on what Jared just said, there was a TED talk. I found it a few weeks ago. Somebody I follow had tweeted it, and I retweeted it, and I'll, I'll get it to you to post in here. And it was about not using the expression in real life and to stop apologizing for your online social activity as not being your real life. It is your real life. It's just another avenue to communicate. And it, it was really, it was pretty amazing. And it was just I'm supposed to wait, wait a minute. You mean the stuff he says is real? <laughs> not Darren. Oh, okay. <laughs> But not Darren, not, not Darren, everybody else, <laughs> not Darren. I think there's an important thing also when you talk about social media, media because it makes people human. Um, for me... Again, not Darren. <laughs> okay, you're not Darren, okay. But two years ago when I came to Lotosphere for my first time, and I wasn't really active on social media by then, I was really looking up to people and I wouldn't really step out and, and go to the speakers and talk to them because I was like, okay, they... What do I have to add to this, you know? And um, by following them on social media and seeing their tweets about their kids and their dogs and everything, and finding that they are just like everybody else and they have the same interests and I similar interests that I can talk to them about, made it much easier to talk to them in real life. And, and if, if, for using that term. And if there's one thing I would say to people who attended sessions, as, as, a, as a former speaker, that there's there's nothing honestly a bit more irritating than when you finish you give people the option to ask a question in a public forum with a microphone to have them all come up and mob you it is there's so much more value if a person that is going to come up to the stage after the session ask you a question walks up to the mic and asks it there is no stupid question and there are 400 other people in the room that are probably wanting to know the same thing anyway Amen. so please 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 when a speaker says any questions, go to a mic. If you've got a question, go to a mic. The only reason to come up the stage is to get me to autograph your bottom. <laughs> <laughs> or even just go up and like, thank the speaker. You know, sometimes people do that, and that, that you know, it's a really nice thing to do and reward the speaker for the effort they put into. You, you can do that also if you speak a broken English like me. Ah. You can do it. Don't be shy. Yes, no, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, I'll, sure. Yes. You can't be shy at Lotus <laughs> <laughs> We can try, but if you are being shy, let's be at the wrong conference, because the whole idea of it is to network, network, network. I'm spending as much time networking as I do in sessions, which is why you get up at 7am to go to clocks and go to bed at some godlike time. 7am? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you work hard and you play hard. As Mitch said last year, this is the week that you get to set you up for the rest of the year. You've got to get out of your system. You've got to get all that technical goodness into your head. And you know that's that's actually you mentioned another thing that to me is a demonstration of the power of this community. I have not been to another conference 
where 15 people agreed to meet in the last room at the far end of the conference center at 7 a.m. to talk about networking tools. <laughs> but I had 15 people show up at a 7 a.m. BOP yesterday morning. You know, and that again is a testimony to the power of our attendees and our community. And just to clarify, none of them went to your session to learn about Twitter. They went to learn about IPv4 and IPv6, right? Yep. Okay. So just to wrap up, guys, amongst the audience, anybody have any points you'd like to raise or any questions to ask the panel? You were just told you have to ask questions. Or at least thanks <laughs> to Well, well any, anybody have any Lotus user groups coming up that they want to tell the listenership about? Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> March 22, 23, be learned in Belgium. Be there. Fill in an abstract. Just uh, join us. You'll love it. April 17 and 18 in the Netherlands. Where's maybe 11th for the Connections user group? We're in Dublin and Ireland this time. And Denmark in April only. Stand up. So for those, for those listening. Like I, I don't remember the exact date. <laughs> <laughs> Tri State Log will return in 2012. How fantastic is that? You, know, yeah, they're, they're, you go around the room and there are that many great events through the year. I mean, it really does make you feel that it's not Lotusphere and Bust, is it? It's not like we're here and then we go back and we don't think about it for the rest of the year. There is a real community, and again, thanks to George and others that have formed this community. Yeah, and Giuseppe, what are your events? When are they coming up? Oh, okay, can I say two times in the same podcast? Yes, yeah. you can. Did I? Okay, it's 21, 22 of June in Milan. And may I add, this is very, very terrific things. We now have a lot of events uh, all over the world. So if you can't afford Lotusphere, go to the Lotus user group. Uh, it will not be so huge, but uh, you will find uh, the same people and the same attitude. And the same quality. Yeah. And the same quality. Actually, actually one more thing, because I made this point before Lotusphere in a blog post, but even if you never attend a log, the logs actually drive a lot of Lotusphere because a lot of speakers in Lotusphere got their start speaking on stage at a Lotus user group. And that's where it gave them the opportunity to try out a session. That's where it gave them the opportunity to get confident on stage and be able to submit an abstract to Lotusphere. So the logs are actually driving content right into Lotusphere. And I'm going to urge the listeners, don't just attend a log, submit a session. Take that opportunity to get up on stage. Okay, try try it out because it's it's well worth it. Mike, Mike. Yeah, I, I just wanted to say before Lotus Fear started and the time before, I was kind of uncertain about what was going to happen. You know, is this going to be good? Is this going to be the end? Is it what's what's going to happen here? But I really got enthusiastic starting from well, starting from the uh, Saturday, beating everybody, but but when the when the actual Lotus Fear started and all the sessions, they were so good. And just throughout the rest of the week, my enthusiasm has gone up and up and up as my voice has <laughs> My enthusiasm has gone up, and I, I'm really rejuvenated to kind of what Wes said. And, and, and to take it a stage further, I know there have been some very, very long running logs in, in Europe Vlog and Analog, Dnog. Yeah, there's some really long running 10, 15 year ones, but I want to take this opportunity to thank Paul Mooney, who yeah. single handedly seems to have kicked off the worldwide yeah, adoption totally of multiple yeah. games. And Warren Ellsmore too, when you I mean, Yes. Yeah.
So let's just go around the panel one more time then. Um, you know, what, what's your highlight of Lotus Fit been? Have you got any particular highlights you had to pull out we haven't mentioned Sorry, already? <laughs> and, and also, yeah, if you were to give marks out of 10 for this one or just rate it compared to other Lotus Fits you've been to, how'd you go down and kick us off? Um, but the marquee takeaway is Lotus Fit broke Matt Newman. <laughs> I, I, I didn't think it was in, I thought it was impossible to break the energizer bunny that is that man in the yellow suit um, it was immeasurably better than that last year um, I think the content is was a bit skewed this year um, I think if you're a domino administrator this was not a good conference for you and I think that's going to be reflected I think in a couple of session evaluations not by me I actually don't care um, but you know better than last year a whole lot better um, things are starting to come into fruition. We actually, it was the first time in four years I've seen them demonstrate same time on stage in the OGS and someone says, you can buy this SKU today. Colleen. Um, I think I'll go back to the um, energy and our business partners and customers um, in the in social networking um, that I saw both in person and online. Uh, and I love the thoughts that have come, you know, just out of this discussion, Mitch, you bring up, you know, continue that networking, because by the time we get here next year, you know, more people will be yelling, curious Mitch across, across, <laughs> doing, running across the sand, you know. Um, so I think absolutely the networking has been the best part of the conference for me. And you do realize networking is only one letter away from not working. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we were doing both, hence the voice. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's for me it's the same, it's the social aspect, actually. Um, being able to meet all these people that I've been talking to online, uh, never saw before and, and now getting to meet them, making a lot of new contacts also. So I mean, yeah, I'm really looking forward to continuing the conversations. I truly thought she was going to say Manta. Going <laughs> <on>. <laughs> I closed that my eyes in awesome. that <laughs> I stood in line for 30 minutes to get on, it broke down. We had to get into another line because these guys wanted to sit up front. And we were sitting up front and I didn't open my eyes once. <laughs> <laughs> I was so worth the wait then. <laughs> It's something, really, but it was good. Is that it? Yeah, I have to repeat uh, all the other members of the panel. Networking is the best part of Lotus. It's terrific content. Then you have a great content and so on, but networking is uh, incredible, really incredible. Uh, and is also way more of value for people like me who comes from outside of the States, uh, who don't speak the language, uh, who may have some problems of being a dialogue of UK logger and so on. You get here, you find everybody, everybody. And uh, you also find that keep technical people. You just go on the showcase there and do IBM stands where the actual developers are. Yes, they, they do keep them locked up, except for this week. <laughs> yes. Sorry? The developers are locked away, except for this week. And that's a valid point. I, I don't think people understand that, like Wes said, you can walk up to okay. a developer of a product. Just, just to say, uh, I was outside Dolphin smoking a cigarette. A, a, a guy showed up asking me for the lighter. Turned out he's a member of the Spages developer team. We finish our smoke and then we go up and he, he introduced me to the rest of the team. Yeah, you don't get that sitting at home or staying in no, a hotel room. Never, yeah. never ever. What if I was at in my home country and asked to IBM Italy, please introduce me to the developer team. 
in whatever it is in the world. What would the answer be? Uh, the answer will be, okay, we will work on that. <laughs> Let me take that back. <laughs> <laughs> so, I gotta say a couple things. Number one, always a good Lotus Fear when the Giants win. In the playoffs. <laughs> you yeah, can know that was coming. You can thank me later. <laughs> Darren rooted for the Packers. Works every time. Blame Darren. Use that hashtag liberally. <laughs> uh, number two, kind of touching on the networking, but coming a little different angle this year. Uh, I think most of you know it's been a pretty hectic and busy year for my family, uh, with my wife fighting and beating cancer. But When you talk about the community, what's amazing is the people I talk to all the time, the people who are my friends I knew would have something to say. What was really incredible was the people that I couldn't have picked out from anywhere or never spoke to in person, didn't know were following me, coming up to me out of the blue. You know, such great news, oh, that's great. And that really talks about this community, that it's, it's not, we might all have a common interest and we might all have, you know, common interest around a certain technology or a certain types of networking, but it goes so beyond that and it gets personal and it's just overwhelming the support you get that way. Um, so I'm going to leave that. Well, you know, I'll give two answers. As far as the personal, the networking, I'll simply second everything that's just been said. High point for me, um, actually, this is the first time I've ever done a podcast. <laughs> You know, that's, but that's just an example of this community giving me the chance to do something new. And IBM said, this is a high point. <laughs> this is the first to but, but professionally and, and within the, the business side of things, for the first time in a while, I, I have a lot of people, when I talk with them this year, I get the impression of a coiled spring. For the first time, they're like, we are so ready to do, you know. <laughs> I really get that feeling, and I'll be honest, it's, it's been a couple of years since I got that from a significant portion of attendees, and that, that just tremendously excites me in a professional sense. Thank you, and, and I would echo, you know, many of, many of the thoughts that have been shared already. I think it's been a terrific place to I think probably it's my favorite, apart from maybe 2007 when Neil Armstrong kept yeah, the leads yeah. and those kind of things. Um, but I think it's been a fantastic place to be. I think, again, community is so valuable. Again, so many people have just come up and said hello, and you know, people I've never met before, and that's just fantastic. Um, I would say one of the highlights that maybe uh, other people don't know about is Speed Geeking. If you come to Lesbian and have not done Speed Geeking, go do it. You know, as, as a first-time speaker at the Speed Geeking this year, it was an amazing experience. As an attendee, many, many times, it was fantastic. So I urge IBM, stick it somewhere more prominent at a more prominent and just to kind of wrap it all together, um, I, I get the impression, as Wes was saying, cold spring. I, I think we've we've had a lull in the notes and domino world. I think uh, for the last you know some years, and I think in some ways that's made a few of the more negative folks or the people that, that don't see such a positive future move away. And I think now I am social business is kind of getting some energy behind it, and it's now taking us forward to the next big thing. 
And that may still be done there. It may still be expatriate. It may still be some of the other stuff that goes on around Mets and Dublin. But it may be something completely new. But the skills we've had for the last 20 years as collaboration specialists are more relevant today than they've ever been. And I think that's fantastic. Amen. So thank you to all of you who came and attended and listened and took part. Thank you. Thank you particularly to our panel. Mitch Cohen has had to go, but thank you to Gazetni. Naked Dan <laughs> And I'm Stuart McIntyre, and this was This Week in Lotus live at Lotus Sphere. Until next time, thank you very much. All opinions expressed during this podcast are those of the participants only and do not necessarily represent those of their employer. I'm going to have to say Femke. Oh, dear. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Just so you know, the live one is no different of a pre-recorded one. <laughs> we always do, like, how do you spell your name? How do you say your name? <laughs> Except I normally do that halfway through the podcast, and I remember. <laughs>